podcast friends. My name is David Lee and you are listening to the Inspire Design Create podcast, giving freelance filmmakers a voice, sharing their stories and connecting the world of cinematography, commercial filmmaking and starting your own business together. Let's go. Alrighty, here we go. We are back. Brand new week, brand new podcast episode. Can you believe it? We are staying consistent with this. Let's fucking go, friends. Uh, today, I'm going to try to keep this one fairly short just because it's not a very exciting uh, episode, but it's something that, you know, uh, regardless if it's going to get a thousand uh, downloads or whatever, or like 10 downloads, right? It's still something that I feel uh, can be beneficial for many of us out there, right? And that is calibrating your monitors. And that goes across the entire uh, spectrum of production. You know, that's your uh, monitors that you're editing with, um, monitors that you're color grading with, if you are color grading, uh, monitors on set, right? Your onboard monitors, your uh, your reference monitors, the client monitor, right? Everything should be calibrated. And the reason why is because when you look at a factory calibrated monitor, and then a calibrated monitor, they can sometimes look day and night, <clears throat> day and night different, right? Now, newer monitors, uh, the factory calibration is getting much, uh, much better. Where, wherein you may not need to necessarily calibrate it if you don't have the uh, the the time, the software, uh, and the hardware, uh, which I'll explain very, very shortly. Um, but you know, sometimes the uh, the the new monitors, Atomos, um, Small HD, they come they come factory calibrated pretty well. All right. Now that being said, what do you actually need to calibrate a monitor? Right. So uh, one, you need a um, a probe, right? A probe. Uh, there's there's different ones out there that have different prices as well. I need to turn this down. Yeah, they have. Uh, so there's other monitor. There are monitors out there that come in uh, different prices and and uh, different brands, things like that, right? So the ones that uh, I have, I have two of them. One of them is uh, from Xtrite. It is the iDisplay Pro, and the other one is like a really old one. It's there. It's the color color monkey display. Uh, pro whatever it is, you know, which actually still works to this day. It's just really old. Um, I have both of them. All right. So you need a, you need, you need a probe. Number two, you need a software. And, um, there's the two main softwares that I use. One is the iDisplay pro, um, like color profiler, right? Which is free. I believe you just need to buy the actual probe. And the other one is a display cow and display cow. I would recommend that for, uh, it's really the only way it's only software available to calibrate your your uh, production monitors, right? Your anything where it isn't being connected to a computer. So that is your seven inch monitors, your 13 inch, 17 inch, 22 inch monitors, right? Anything again, that isn't going into a computer that is gonna be on set with you. Uh, and then number three, you need uh, some way to be able to connect it all uh, together, right? So you need basically a computer, uh, laptop, desktop computer, um, Mac, Windows, right? It's all good because the software works in on all the platforms, all right? Uh, that being said, I will say that for some reason my uh, MacBook Air, uh, it's the it's like the first generation of the M1 Max. Uh, for whatever reason, DisplayCal just crashes on me all the time, and it's done that to me like since I got the MacBook. So you know your mileage may vary depending on on what uh, kind of laptop system you have, right? But I have a Mac Studio and I have a Windows PC, and they both work. Uh, they both work fine. Okay, so. Is it really worth it to spend all this extra money, you know, a couple hundred bucks on a on a, a probe, and then you know, depending on what monitor you have, if you have an Atomos product, you do need their Atomos USB uh, C or USB A to serial calibration cable. I don't know why. I think that's stupid, uh, but you do need that, right? 
Uh, and the Atomos calibration software is extremely easy to use. It's really easy to use. It's really just like click, click, and then you're done. Uh, but it's very limited in what it can do, right? Uh, so that so that being said, nine out of ten times you want to use something like DisplayCal, right? Which is kind of a um, it's it's the it's the free quote unquote free version industry quote unquote industry standard um, calibration software. Uh, I think CalMan is is technically the the industry standard one that they use across large studios, um, but it's like. I think it's like two thousand dollars for the license, which I'm like, yeah, you know, I, I don't, I don't need it. I don't need it to be that that good. It just, just got to be good enough, you know. Okay, so again, is it is it worth it? Yes. All right, so I'll give you an example. When I bought my Ninja uh, V the two years ago, whatever, uh, it was extremely green and warm, like a lot. I mean, to the point where I was like, dude, I cannot use this monitor because everything just looks warm. It isn't. It's not white balance of the camera. It's just, you know, the the whatever whatever camera I had it plugged into. FS7, A7 III, uh, FX9. I was like, dude, this thing is just like not, it's, it's not anywhere close to the realm of being realistic to what my viewfinder is seeing, right? Or I'd plug in my small HD ND7 or even my 702 Bright, my old 702 Bright. And it, it's day and night different. I'm like, dude, I can't use this monitor, right? Uh, another friend I have, a colleague of mine who also has an NGV, again, same thing, you know, where he'd always noticed that his Mario was just really warm, uh, kind of, you know, shifted to the green a lot. And so after I calibrated my monitor, you know, he he was able to see it. And then so I calibrated his monitor and it ended up being uh, day and night, just just totally different where he can actually use the monitor. I now use my Ninja V uh, a lot more just because to that fact where I can um uh, I can accurately gauge what the color should be. Again, just a neutral uh, log to 709 LUT, right? So uh, as well as as well as that, I would say that my Indy 7, uh, the factory calibration for whatever reason, is extremely blue. Like you, you look at it, again, just uh, turning on like a basic log to 709 LUT, right? It, it's just blue. The whole thing is literally blue. It looks like a like like Powerade color blue. I'm like, this dude, what the hell is this? this? Is weird, you know. And upon calibrating it, you're like, oh, this is a normal calibration, right? And same thing with my, you know, my 1303 HDR from Soul HD isn't that bad. I will say that it's very crunchy. It's very crunchy, right? If you have a LUT on it, uh, again, neutral LUT, not anything kind of, not like a show LUT. It's the basic 709 conversion LUT. Uh, the blacks are crushed. The highlights are pulled way up to the top of the white of uh, the white point. Uh, so I have to sort of like manually adjust things uh, when it comes to whatever lookup table I'm using. I usually have to tone down the intensity of, of the LUT to anywhere between like 40 to 60% intensity um, for it to not look you know, super crushed. The black's crushed and, and the white's like blown out. Otherwise, it looks really HDR-y, um, like, like a bad HDR. Other than that, I would think that I do have a calibration uh, on my small HD uh, from, again, DisplayCal and, and the uh, X-Ray Probe. But for whatever reason, again, I'm just calibrating to uh, Rec. 709 and Gamma 2.4. Um, but for, for whatever reason, when I when I do that on my 1303, uh, even if I don't have a LUT on, like if I'm just looking at a log image, uh, I feel like for whatever reason, the, the calibration just isn't able to accurately calibrate the 1303. I don't know why it just it just doesn't do it. And the reason why I can tell is because it looks like everything is so lifted where there's just noise across the entire screen. 
Again, no LUT enabled, just a just a log image, right? Any camera, my FX9, my Red Komodo, looking at a straight log image, and it's just noise across the screen. Uh, and I think that's because it's trying to to either it's it's hitting the wrong gamma, even though I I calibrated it for gamma two point four, it's hitting the wrong gamma, and it's just trying to lift like the entire screen image, you know. Uh, so in that regard, by 1303, I, I keep it at the factory calibration. And then I do use the probe to tell me, it, you know, if if the factory calibration is too green, too red, too blue. And then I, I will adjust it. I will adjust those parameters. And then the actual LUT that I'm using, I will adjust the intensity of it to match something that looks uh, closer to my ND7. My ND7 calibrated really, really well. All right, Gamma 2.4, Rec 709. All right. Okay. Let, let's get into uh, again what I what I typically use. I use the uh, iDisplay Pro, uh, or I'm sorry, the X-ray. Yeah, the X-ray iDisplay Pro probe, and then I use Display Cal. Now, when you're when you're going through all this stuff, there's a lot of there's a lot of things to look at, and you're like, what the hell? What does this do? What does this do? What what is this talking about? Right? And so there's a lot of great literature on the Display Cal forum. They even have like a introduction to calibrating software and it's it's not a long read it's like a page or something like that right so it doesn't take you too long uh, and again this is for the majority of monitors that will allow you to um that have some sort of calibration uh feature in the monitor right somewhere in the menu system or the system settings there's there this is all this is only going to work if again you have like like a feature where you can calibrate the monitor via a a dot cube file that you can upload into um, the monitor, right? So SmashDs offer that. Uh, Animos will allow you to calibrate monitors with their software and with their uh, serial calibration cable. Uh, I used to own an OC monitor, and there there wasn't a calibration. There, there 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 was. It just didn't work. It was it just like wouldn't take anything, you know. And I emailed their support, and it just it just didn't work. Uh, that being said, if your monitor does have controls for like contrast, brightness, uh, what else? Um, red, green, and blue channels. Then you can at least uh, you can at least calibrate your monitor when it comes to color, uh, color accuracy, color fidelity, right? So that way your monitor isn't too too green, too blue, too too red, you know, things like that, All right? But the 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 whole thing with like calibrating your monitor is it's giving you a standard where you can calibrate all your monitors. So you have like five monitors, right? That means all your five monitors are gonna ballpark look roughly the same. In whatever color space you're working with, in when in whatever uh, gamma you're working with, right, or gamma curve you're working with, 2.2, 2.4. Uh, if you're doing HDR stuff, that's beyond my my fucking knowledge, right? But anyways, like 2.2, 2.4, which is standard for most of our deliveries. And so you you know you plug in your your probe to your monitor, you load up the software, and you go through the form. Uh, you go through the instructions that the form has, and it's pretty self-explanatory. You just need to know what you're calibrating for, right? So for instance, in display cal, you can calibrate for a lot of things. You can calibrate for like gamma 2.2. You can calibrate for a D65, you know, basic white point, gamma 2.4, which is what all of us pretty much deliver in when it comes to SDR content. Uh, you can create, you can calibrate for a resolve LUT uh, for HDR, right? HDR, um, God, what the hell is it? Uh, HDR, PQ, and BT2048, right? And, and, and they have a, other different options, right? So you calibrate your monitor. It takes uh, maybe like 10 minutes or so, something like that. And then you're able to create a, a profile from it. It'll create a profile for you. It does all the all the behind the scenes magic, magic, magic stuff, right? Right, black magic voodoo stuff. 
And then there is uh, Display Cut also comes with a software called called uh, 3D LUT Makers. So you can create your own LUT based upon that calibration profile that you just uh, did. And you can create a LUT, you can create uh, a 33 by 33 LUT, a 65 by 65 LUT, and then you would upload that onto your SD card and then take it to your monitor and then do the calibration, All right? So pretty self-explanatory. Uh, again, the, the hardest thing to know is just, there's just a lot of buttons, a lot of features. You're like, what the hell is this? So it, it is highly recommended that you do uh, calibrate your monitors because again, say if you have like three, four, five monitors in your office, uh, or your workstation, you want them all to look ballpark roughly the same, right? When you're color grading and then also when you're actually viewing it online, when you upload it to YouTube, when you upload it to Vimeo, um, if you're if you're doing, um, you know, if you're, if you're sending off to DCPs, uh, which is the, the, the inner medium when you want to go to film festivals, right? DCP or actually anything uh, when in regards to like, uh, that's anything that's re that regarding that's regarding content that's gonna be showed on a big ass fucking projector, sixty five foot screen movie theater. DCP will do all that for you. Where they will go over everything. You know, they go over um, the the audio. Hey, are your audio are your audio tracks clipped? Uh, is your mix correct? You know, uh, do you have uh, stereo channels? Do you have five point one channels? Do you have seven point one channels? Uh, they'll look at again. Also, they'll look at also the uh, the video or the color quality, you know, like, Hey, like your, your stuff is banding. Uh, we're, we're noticed, we're noticing some, some color noise in, uh, scenes, you know, 10, 55 and, and 92 or whatever it is. Right. Oh, okay, anyways, that, that's, a that's a tangent, but that, that's DCP. Right. So again, if you're, if you're trying to calibrate your monitors, right, you want them all to look roughly the same. Otherwise it's like, if you're trying to, if you color in on one monitor that isn't, that is, that has no calibration. And then you look on it and you look at it on a monitor that's calibrated. You're like, Oh shit, dude. Like, this looks way off. It looks really flat. There's no, there's no saturation, all that kind of stuff. Right. And so that is my, my take when it comes to uh, the necessity of calibrating monitors. And it's a one-time investment, right? You buy a probe, that probe is all you That's all you're going to need, right? You have that probe it's going to last you forever, literally forever. Cause there's no, there's no reason to get another probe unless you're trying to do again, HDR stuff, right? Which I'm not, and I don't see myself doing HDR stuff unless I get a call to do HDR stuff. But Right, probes and last you forever. Software, you just download it once, and then it's gonna last you forever, right? Uh, Display Cal is is uh, open source freeware. They haven't updated it in like a couple years, but it still works. And again, the updates are are free. It's one of those things where you can you can uh, donate to the uh, to the developer if you want to. Uh, and and again, right? Again, you you have a Mac system, you have a Windows system. All all the calibration tools are gonna work for you regardless of whatever platform that, that you have. All right. So that is my take on calibrating software. Highly, highly, highly recommended. All right. Uh, let's see what else is going on. Uh, so, uh, some news, some really good news. My, um, my documentary eighth place trophies that I released about two years ago, 20, uh, 20, no, no, last year I, I released it in, in, in 2022. Uh, I sent it to some, uh, a few, a few film festivals, Again, it was one, it was one of those things where documentary category is extremely, extremely uh, competitive. You know, there's a lot of great storytellers out there. There's a lot of great uh, stories, locations, characters. Uh, there's a lot of them out there. You know, so uh, we recently won at the Las Vegas Independent Film Festival for best uh, best short documentary. So awesome, awesome, awesome to to take that home. 
I did my, and then a drowning heart, right? Part two, uh, that we released, uh, well, I was trying to get funding for, but I, I ended up just sending it to film festivals probably like a month, a month and a half ago. Some of them are going to be in 2024. There's a handful that are for the end of this year, but recently, uh, we, we took home best choreography. Uh, so shout out to Jay Kwan, my action designer for that. And also best narrative short at the uh, international independent film awards, uh, based in Los Angeles. So super super cool uh to to receive those uh just to, to receive the recognition that like hey I, I i actually know what the fuck i'm doing right that's it's nice to know that all right uh so if you want to check out the my documentary it's place trophies or a drowning hard they're both on my vimeo channel uh you can check out uh my instagram my instagram will have links to all of my platforms right youtube which again i have i if you haven't noticed I am back on YouTube, right? So we have we have YouTube videos. I have three of them right now. I have another one coming out. And uh, so links to everything, right, is, is in my Instagram if you want to check it out. Other than that, friends, I, I really appreciate your time. Uh, thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. Please rate it on iTunes, Apple Podcasts. I would always really, really appreciate it. Please subscribe. Please subscribe. I don't fucking know anymore. Subscribe or follow, whatever the fuck it is. Just follow the, the podcast. I just, just, follow, just follow it. Just follow it. And uh, please share with everyone do you feel could bring uh, that could receive some value from it other than that i will catch you guys in the next podcast episode